Hello, and welcome to the House of Legends, where you can hear world myths and legends told by a professional storyteller. I'm your host, Daniel Allison, and this is episode 18, Vasilisa the Beautiful. First of all, I want to welcome our new listeners, as I think we've had quite a lot of new listeners subscribe to the podcast, which is great. So I want to bring you up to speed and, of course, say welcome back to our regular listeners. We had a fantastic episode with Michael Harvey last week, and I want to keep it up, keep it really strong. So we're going to have another really, really good episode this week. We're going to have one of the classics, one of the all-time greats, one that tends to be pretty well known among people who are into myth and legend of folklore but not one that you'd probably have heard of otherwise. It's a Russian story, Vasilisa the Beautiful. Vasilisa is kind of, is an archetypal character. You'll have different stories about Vasilisa in Russian Slavic folklore. And she, she can vary. She can be a different kind of person, different kind of character. And then the other character in the story, Baba Yaga, is also an archetypal character, a primal witch and one of those one of those beings in stories who gives me shivers just by saying the name so i'm not going to say any more about the story now we'll just have the story talk about it a little bit about afterwards so this is vasilisa the beautiful Long ago, and far away, there was a city, and in that city there lived a merchant. He had a shop right in the centre of the city, and he travelled far and wide to fill it with the best clothes and furniture, with all kinds of luxuries and ornaments and wonders. He had a wife, and he had a daughter, and his wife and daughter never wanted for a thing. Yet death cares nothing for wealth, and one winter, death came to stalk the merchant's wife. She fell ill, and she took to her bed, and there she steadily faded. She mostly kept her daughter, Vasilisa, away from the room where she lay, because she didn't want Vasilisa to see her like that, but eventually she had a servant bring Vasilisa in. So Vasilisa went into the room and went up to her mother's bed. And her mother said, Vasilisa, I will not be here much longer. I want to give you something. And she gave to Vasilisa a doll. This doll, she said, has my blessing. I give it to you. And with it, I give you my blessing, which is all and everything that I can give you. If you ever need help 
Give the doll food, give the doll drink, and it will help you. And Vasilisa wanted to ask questions, but then her mother began to cough, and she signaled the servant to take Vasilisa away from there. And not long after that, Vasilisa's mother died. The merchant, Vasilisa's father, his way of dealing with this was to throw himself into his work. So he did that, and he didn't see much of his daughter. And then a woman, beautiful woman, began to stop by his shop. Soon she was stopping by every day, sometimes to buy things and sometimes just to talk to him, and she would stay and talk to him for a long time. And eventually, Vasilisa's father gave her the news that he was going to marry this woman. So he married her, and she moved into the house, along with her two daughters. And Vasilisa's father was happy, for he was in love. And he saw, well, he believed, that Vasilisa would have great fun playing with her new sisters. But she didn't. The sisters were cruel to her, and they sought her out to taunt her, to pull out her hair. But she was able to hide from them or run to the servants most of the time. Vasilisa's father was blind to this. And eventually a time came when he had to go on one of his long trips to find wares for his shop. So away he went, and his wife took over the running of the household. But she didn't spend much time at home. She was always out shopping, always out balls and parties and dinners. And then one day, she called a meeting with the servants. Vasilisa was there and her two stepsisters. And she informed the servants that they were dismissed, for the house was being sold along with the shop and all of its wares in order to pay her debts. It all happened very fast. The house was sold. The shop was sold. The wares were sold. In the middle of the night, Vasilisa was woken by her stepmother, who took her and her two stepsisters onto a cart with the last of their possessions. She paid a man to take them away from the city, in the dark, in the quiet, in the cold of winter. They left the city. Down narrow roads they went, down quiet roads, until they came to a lonely house at the edge of a great forest. And this is where they would live. They were all given jobs. They had to spin yarn. They had to knit stockings that they could sell for food. And Vasilisa was given the job of keeping the fire going. Thankfully, thankfully whoever had lived in the house before them had left a great stack of firewood outside the house. So Vasilisa had to, had to do to get firewood was go outside and take a basket full of it and come back in and see to the fire. And she enjoyed doing that. She enjoyed caring for the fire, though she didn't enjoy going outside. For winter was sinking its fangs into the land and the cold whipped, 
whipped and bit at her and stung her in even just a few moments that it took to go outside. So there they sat, day after day, huddled round the fire, knitting stockings, their soft hands growing hard and calloused. And as the days passed, and the winter grew deeper, the stack of firewood dwindled. And eventually, one afternoon, Vasilisa went out, and she took the last basket of firewood. She tried to make it last. She tried to make it last, keeping the fire down low. But her stepsisters and her stepmother complained, told her to build up the fire, said they were cold. So she built it up, and soon, soon in the darkness of the night, the fire faded to embers, and the light of the embers faded, leaving them in darkness. There is only one thing for it, said Vasilisa's stepmother. Someone will have to go out and go into the forest and go to Baba Yaga's hut in order to get a light for our fire. Baba Yaga, said Vasilisa. She'd heard the stories. Her stepsisters had delighted in telling her the stories of the witch who lived deep in the forest, who'd like nothing better to catch Vasilisa and devour her and use her nails and bones in her potions. But to go there? Yes, Baba Yaga, said her stepmother. Vasilisa, since you are the one who let the fire go out, you are the one who will go to Baba Yaga's hut and ask for a light for the fire. I will go in the morning then, said Vasilisa. You will go now, said her stepmother. Vasilisa stood up, put on her threadbare coat, and went out the door. It was deep as night. It was dark, but the moon was full and shining. It shone off the deep snow, so Vasilisa could see as she made her way into the forest. Her feet crunching on the snow. She didn't know which way to go, but she didn't really want to find her destination anyway, so... She simply walked, and walked, and walked, and very, 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 very soon she was shivering. Her teeth were chattering so hard she thought they would be worn down to dust. Sometimes she could see clearly when the forest was not so thick, and the moonlight was shining off the snow on the ground and on the branches, but sometimes the forest was thick, the canopy closed in above her, and she could see almost nothing, and she stumbled and fell. She held her arms out in front of her, and branches scratched at her, as if warning her back. She stumbled and shivered and fell. She stumbled, shivered, and fell, and got up again, and went on, and went on, 
and she did not rest, for she knew if she was to rest, to sit down or lie down, she would fall asleep and not wake up. So on she went. All through the long night, until she stopped, for she had heard a sound. She heard the sound of hoofbeats, growing louder and louder and louder and louder and Pastor rode a white rider in white armour on a white horse, a rider that shone like the stars. And he rode past her and disappeared, and the grey light before dawn crept into the air. On went Vasilisa. On and on and on and on and on. And then she heard hoofbeats again. And the hoofbeats were the hoofbeats of a red rider. A red rider went roaring past her. And then the first rays of sunlight of dawn shone across the forest, shone through the branches, shone upon Vasilisinga, giving her just this faintest warmth and just that tiny glimmer of sunfire and warmth. And she walked all day, all through the day, though the days, of course, in midwinter are short, until... The sun setting behind her. She stopped. And she looked upon the hut of Baba Yaga. The hut was surrounded by a fence of human thigh bones. And each of those thigh bones sat a skull. And as the light faded, lights glowed in the eye sockets of those skulls. Beyond the fence was a little snow-covered garden, and there was the house, Baba Yaga's hut, which sat upon a giant pair of chicken legs. And Vasilisa stared in wonder as the chicken legs shifted, stretched, stood up high, and leapt up into the air for coming down and coming to rest again. As the last light of day faded, a black rider rode past Vasilisa, jumped over the fence and jumped at the house and disappeared into it. Night fell. And then Vasilisa heard a whistling sound and they landed on the snow before her, Baba Yaga. She'd been riding on a great pestle, and she stood and stared at Vasilisa and said, What are you doing here, girl? Vasilisa couldn't answer. She simply stared at the old witch. Baba Yaga wore a cloak, dark fur, fur-rimmed boots. Her hair was papery white, as was her skin, which was crisscrossed with blue veins. Her eyes were as deep and dark as the night sky, and she seemed so old 
that she must have been alive, she must have been old, when the world was still made of dreams. Yet she moved as lithely as a hunting cat. What are you doing here, girl? She said. And Vasilisa summoned her courage and she said, I have come here to ask for a light for our fire. Hmm. And do you ask as a gift or as payment earned? I ask for the light as payment earned, said Vasilisa. Hmm. Good, said Baba Yaga. Come inside. And so they went through the gate, and they went up to a set of steps, and climbed the set of steps, and the house knelt down, so that the door was level with the steps, and through they went, into the hut. There a fire was burning low, and Baba Yaga told Vasilisa to build up the fire, and that she did, kneeling down on a bearskin rug before it. Baba Yaga came to sit down, on a chair by the side of the fire. Vasilisa stole glances left and right around her, and the jars full of strange liquids and bones and nails, hair and little animals. Light for your fire, said Baba Yaga. Here is how you will earn it. I will sleep tonight. Over there, in the corner, are three sacks full of millet. You'll take seeds from every stalk of millet, every single one in every sack, by morning. If you do not do this, it is not millet I will be eating tomorrow. Baba Yaga curled up on her chair and fell asleep, leaving Vasilisa to work. Vasilisa drags the sacks over to the fire. Then she took some baskets from a stack and began her work, separating the grain and the seeds. But she had not slept for a night, then a day, and now the second night. And She'd been walking almost all that time. She was so tired. She didn't think she could do it, but she had to do it. So she worked and worked and worked, keeping the fire going and working and working and working. But she couldn't do it. It was impossible. She heard hoofbeats outside. She went to the window. She looked out. She saw the white rider passing. Baba Yaga would wake up soon and find the work unfinished. She fell to their knees and she wept. And as Vasilisa wept, she remembered what she had in her pocket. She took from out of her pocket her mother's doll, the doll her mother had given her. And she remembered what her mother had said. If you're ever in trouble, Give the doll food, give the doll drink, and it will help you. So, 
she went and she fed a seed to the doll. She bit it to the doll's mouth. And the doll ate it. She took the doll to a barrel of water. And the doll drank. And it opened its eyes. And looked up at her. And said, do not worry. Rest. I will finish the work for you. And it set to work. Doing just what Vasilisa had been doing. And Vasilisa fell asleep. And as she woke up, she heard the Red Rider thundering past outside. She saw the sunlight coming in through the windows. And the doll fell to the ground just as Baba Yaga stared. Vasilisa grabbed the doll and stuffed it into her pocket. As Baba Yaga opened her eyes and looked around her and said, Oh, you've finished. Well, she stood up, stretched, said to Vasilisa, I'm going out now. Outside, you will find a dozen sacks of poppy seeds and peas. You must sort the poppy seeds from the peas. And if you do not do this, it is not peas I shall be making soup from tonight. And with that, she took her pestle and she went out the door, flew away, leaving Vasilisa to work. And Vasilisa was distraught. She'd had some sleep, only a couple of hours perhaps. And she couldn't do all that, but she went outside down the steps and she gave the doll a pea to eat and it ate it. She gave the doll another drink from another barrel of water and the doll said, rest, I will do the work for you. So she went back inside, got the fire going again and lay down to sleep in front of it. And when she woke up, she went outside and found the doll had done the work. She stuffed it back in her pocket, went back inside as the black rider thundered. Night fell, and in came Baba Yaga. Hmm. You have done this too. Very well. I am going to sleep now. You will find a sack over there. A sack of corn. I want you to squeeze the oil from it. Have it all done. Every single last piece of corn. Or tomorrow I will squeeze the juice from you. And again Baba Yaga curled up in her chair and went to sleep. And again Vasilisa's doll did the work while she slept. This time, this time, well, sometimes she woke up from her sleep. She'd look at Baba Yaga on her chair, and she was scared, but she wanted to watch her. She couldn't help wondering about the old witch. She would watch the old witch sleeping for a while, and then fall asleep again, while the doll worked. Come the early morning, and the hoofbeats of the white rider, the doll had finished the work. And Vasilisa put the doll back in her pocket. And Baba Yaga 
woke up. She saw that the work had been done and she seemed surprised and impressed and disappointed too. Well, girl, you've done this too. Make some tea. So Vasilisa put a kettle on over the fire and she filled cups with herbs as, Vas- as Baba Yaga directed her. And then the two of them sat, drinking tea together as the Red Rider rode past and sunlight stole in to the hut. I imagine, said Baba Yaga, that you have questions that you would like to ask me. Yes, said Vasilisa. Well then, ask. Who are the three riders? asked Vasilisa. The white rider is the bringer of the dawn, said Baba Yaga. The red rider is the bringer of the sun, and the black rider is the bringer of night. Do you have another question? Vasilisa certainly had more questions, and she was just about to open her mouth when she felt a tugging in her pocket, and she said, "Uh, no, I do not have any more questions for now. Hmm. Hmm. Again, Baba Yaga seemed surprised and disappointed and impressed. And they sat in silence for a while, drinking their tea. And Vasilisa noticed that she felt well-rested and, in a way, content, sat there in Baba Yaga's hut, excited and intrigued. And she also felt the danger of feeling content, feeling at peace around the witch. I have a question for you, said Baba Yaga eventually. How is it that you were able to do the work I sent you, which I knew you surely could not do? And in answer, Vasilisa put down her tea, and she took from her pocket a doll. This doll helped me, said Vasilisa. I was given it by my mother, with her blessing. It <laughs> blessing! Mother blessing! Baba Yaga, shut up. We will have no mother blessing. Here, girl. Out, out. And she grabbed Vasilisa by the scruff of her neck. And she took her over to the door. And she opened the door and almost threw her out down the steps. Down came Baba Yaga. And she strode over to the fence. And she pulled up a bone with a skull sat atop it. And she thrust it into Vasilisa's hand and said, take that. There you have your light for your fire. Go. Go. And Vasilisa went out through the gate and she ran. She ran and ran and ran and when she couldn't run any longer, she walked and she stumbled and fell, but up she got. And eventually, eventually, in the dark of night, she found her way back to that house 
that she had left. In through the door she went. And her stepmother and her stepsisters, they all leapt up, said, Vasilisa, Vasilisa. And they hugged her, which they'd never done before. They said, we're so glad to see you, we're so glad to see you. And they talked, and Vasilisa learnt that she'd not been gone for a few nights. She'd been gone for weeks. And in all that time, their stepmother and stepsisters had not been able to get the fire to light. They'd gone to distant neighbours and asked for their help. They'd gathered with themselves. Nothing had worked. They had been so cold, so cold. Vasilisa, will you... They stopped. Stared into the eyes of Vasilisa's skull lantern. What, what's wrong? There was a light shining out from those eyes. And the stepmother and stepsisters stared and stared and, stared and then... Their skin began to smoke, and then they caught fire. And they burned and screamed, and so hot did they burn that only moments later. They were not burning, for they were nothing more than piles of ash on the floor. The light from the skull faded. Well, Vasilisa stayed there that night. She used the light of the skull to get the fire going again. And the next morning, she left that place. She set out onto the road, and I don't know which way she went. Perhaps she sought out the city, searched for her father. Or perhaps she sensed that the time had come for her to find her own road through life. But whichever way she went, I have no fear for her. For she went with a gift from her mother and with a gift from Baba Yaga. This is a story which had a powerful pull on a lot of people. It's very well known in Russia, and it's been made into a film. It's been analysed by Clarissa Pinkola Estes in her book, Women Who Run With The Wolves, who sees it as a story of empowerment and liberation and initiation, which, which is the view I take of it. It's also appeared in comics, and um, it's appeared in a recent novel, The House With Chicken Legs, which I haven't read, is supposed to be very good. For me, what I find myself wondering about is what would have happened if she'd stayed. That's what's really fascinating to me in this story. What would have happened if she'd stayed? I've changed it 
I've changed the story a little because I don't like the ending that's usually given. And when I've heard it told, it's always been that she uh, she then goes and works in a city and she becomes a kind of a tailor or weaver. And then she's noticed by the czar and then she goes and marries the czar and becomes, you know, it's the happily ever and ever after marrying the king type ending. That doesn't work for me. It just feels tacked on. It feels formulaic. It doesn't feel true to the story. There's also endings, I'm told, where she just goes and lives with her father and the two of them just live happily and peacefully. Um, but I've gone kind of given it my own ending, this open-ended ending. And uh, that seems, that's just more exciting for me. She, I've had her keep the skull with her, keep the skull lantern in versions, more common versions, she's told with the skull to bury it. But I think it's important to represent that she carries something from Baba Yaga. And that's represented physically in the way that she represents to carry something from her mother with the doll. It seems to make sense for me to prefer to carry something physical from Baba Yaga. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode of House of Legends. Please do visit the website, www.houseoflegends.me. Sign up and you'll get my everyday storytelling tips, which are tips for everyday communication. And then you'll get emails and you'll get news about the books, about the podcast and about special offers. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode.